things really do go bump in the night. Sometimes they're loose pipes or perhaps even loose floorboards. Maybe a raccoon has gotten into your attic and rattling around at night. But sometimes it's not so easy to diagnose the problem. And when that time comes, you want to lean on the experts for answers. Things that go bump in the night. Misty apparitions, dark murky shapes taking form in the corner of your room, doors opening and shutting slowly. What's behind these mysteries? Tonight, we're going to talk about this and so much more. There's one guy on the top of my list that I'd want to come ghost bust my house. Well, he doesn't actually bust the ghosts. He used to do that to perpetrators. Now, he just tries to find the answers and bring those answers to us. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the company of ghosts tonight. Steve Gonzalez joins us next right here on the best in paranormal talk radio. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is my Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural. Perhaps... Baloney, perhaps not. Good evening, my little darklings, and thank you so much for joining me here this evening. For all of you that I just had a chance to hang with in Wabasha, Minnesota at the Anderson House, new listeners and old listeners alike, thank you for joining us here this evening. I promised we had a great guest tonight, and I've held up my end of the bargain. Brand new book, Out and About. As a matter of fact, if you're going to be at Michigan Paracon, there's probably a pretty good chance you're going to see this guy and be able to get a copy of the book, A Life with Ghosts. Steve Gonzalez from the TV show Ghost Hunters, Ghost Nation, Ghost Hunters Academy, and Cops Unplugged. <laughs> I made up one of those. I'm not sure which one. Steve, it is so good to have you back, buddy. Good to see you. Hey, Dave. Uh, how's it going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's Gosh. good to have you here. <laughs> I appreciate it. I gotta, uh, I'm going to warn you. Uh, I know you're a cat guy. Yeah. And I, as well, am a cat guy. I wasn't. But for some reason, five of them have found their way into my house. So now I'm apparently a crazy cat guy. And the new one keeps prowling the perimeter of the room. So at any oh. given time, he may pounce. And I'm just going to fair warn you, there have been a few shrieks lately as I don't see him coming. And suddenly he's up behind my shoulder or biting me in the butt. So I just I don't want you to be taken off guard. But I, I know he's skulking somewhere nearby. Uh, dude, it, I cannot believe it has been almost 20 years since Ghost Hunters first debuted on uh, Sci-Fi Channel, and now people can find it on Discovery and Max, the uh, streaming service. Does it feel like it's been that long for you, or does it just seem like five or six years have rolled by? It it it, it feels like it's been just a few years. Yeah, it, it went by really quick. Um, but sometimes I'll think of the earlier days, and it seems a little uh, murky. And then I go, oh, maybe it does seem like it's been uh, quite some time. But, um, you know, all those sayings when you heard when you were younger, uh, all these things about father time, and, you know, and when you get older, you realize, oh, it's all true. <laughs> yeah, it comes flying a lot quicker. You, yeah. though, 
unlike me, you continue to look younger and I'm aging for you, I believe, which is highly unfair, Steve. That was not the agreement I made when I did my very first paranormal conference with you back in, two, what was it, 2006? Yeah, it was uh, uh, back in 2006 and, and we may even have done an event uh, before that. Uh, I don't know if, when that one at the hotel was. No, that was too. Yeah, I done. I just launched my original radio show on January first, two thousand six. You and the guys from Taps all came rolling onto the show about once a month to keep me company. And uh, somewhere, somewhere in there, I think around an August September timeline, we did a small event in Warwick, Rhode Island, uh, where we brought a bunch of the fans of Ghost Hunters together and a bunch of fans from my podcast and radio show, and we went out there and investigated and got a chance to visit Taps headquarters at the time, and a remarkable time, man. That was so fun. I still love uh, that. That that of all the events I've done, and I've been at massive events. That was a small, fun event. I mean, there was I went like 40, 50 people. I think we had come to that because the hotel and TAPS headquarters couldn't take more than that at the right. time. Yeah, I, we, I remember it. We had, we had a pretty remarkable time in that hotel. It was a haunted hotel that opened up some of the... It was, I, do you remember it was like a Hampton Inn or something, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was pretty close to the uh, TAPS office. It, it may have been uh, like a, a, a Fairfield Inn in Suites That's what or it was. like yes. that. Uh, <laughs> I don't the know last place, the last place you would think that they would be open to allowing us to ghost on. And I remember booking the, the event and they're like, Oh, uh, are you into the ghosts? Like that ghost hunter show. And I'm like, yeah, they're going to come with me and we'll do a signing at that. And, and they're like, Oh, well, we've got a couple of haunted rooms. Do you want me to hold them for you? So you guys can investigate here. And it was just yeah. like, Oh uh, yes, let's do that. So we ended up creating a ghost hunt and had a, had a great time. And do you remember the two husbands I love the fact that we, you know, we had people broken up on two different floors and it was you and Paula Donovan as my, my team leads. Paula was on the very early seasons of ghost hunters on sci-fi channel. And you guys were leading the ghost hunts. Everybody ended up coming over to hang out and do an autograph signing and meet and greet and photos. It was great. But when we broke up for the ghost hunt that night, I thought what was fascinating is the, the group one was up upstairs and about 20, 30 minutes into the ghost hunt, this guy comes down rubbing his throat. He's really ill at ease, very uncomfortable. And I go, Oh, where's your group? Because I, I had to leave. I, I don't know what's going on. I just, I felt, I, I almost felt like I was choking. I couldn't be in that room. And then I said, well, just stay here. And then they swapped out the next group and the next group went up to that room and the guy came down another husband and he's doing the same thing and rubbing his throat. And he's like, I don't, maybe there's black mold or something in that room. And it's brand new. Hotel. I'm like, I, I doubt that's the case. And he goes, man, I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was choking. And I remember texting. I'm like, Steve, maybe you should come down to the lobby. I've got two separate men from two parts of the investigation that just showed up with an issue. And you came down the night clerk overheard and then said, what room number are you in? And then went on to tell us the story that a man had taken his own life in that room by uh, taking a razor to his own throat and Ooh. then panicked in the last second to call for help. And then and that night clerk was the one that had taken the call that night. And then the guy wow. collapsed. And you and I were just standing there completely dumbfounded. Two separate men, two different groups, had the exact same experience. And then the, the best moment of the night was when the wives came down to the lobby looking for their husbands. And you and I are like, oh, 
let us tell you what's happening. And we get done and these two women are fuming and we're like, what's, what's wrong? And they were both like, this was our trip. We're the one that liked the ghost. Oh. Well, they didn't even want to be here and they get to have the experience. <laughs> and you just looked at me and he goes, are you, are they being serious right now? And I go, I think so. So these two, I'm like, I looked at her and I go, are you, are you really upset that you weren't feeling like you were choking to death in that room. She goes, yeah, why does he get to have all the fun? <laughs> you shook your head. It goes, I'm going to go back up to the ghost hunt and left. It was one of the funniest moments I've ever had at one of these events. It's just so bizarre. Oh, uh, well, you know, you, you get to meet a lot of different people at these events <laughs> and there are uh, so many fun stories, uh, but by yeah. and large, you know, they, they're so fun and everybody's, just wants to have a good time, but uh, the husbands who weren't even fans stole stole their thunder. stole the light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they stole. <laughs> the ghosts are, are probably laughing still about that. You've got a brand new book, "A Life with Ghosts: True, Terrifying, and Insightful Tales from My Favorite Haunts." And uh, boy, this is what nineteen years coming to finally put things down on paper. Was it a shock when you start writing the book? and start processing these stories and revisiting these moments throughout your, your history? Yeah, it was actually uh, really awesome. Uh, the research that went in, because I would know of certain things and remember things, but then mm -hmm. I'd really have to go back and uh, look through notebooks and of course, uh, look back through all kinds of um, emails and notes and look up all the history all over again. And all of that was super, uh, fun quite honestly it was like going down memory lane in, in the best way um the research history part was a, a bit tedious because you, you really want to be quite factual uh, you know with, with that stuff um but uh, everything else was just super fun in terms of uh you know revisiting all of those uh cases and not just cases that you know uh, uh have been prominently on ghost hunters or any, any of the shows, you know, I just looked at uh, a career and not a career, but you know, a, a time in the field as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily for us, most of them were documented on, on television. So uh, lucky in that way, but I do visit some uh, cases that were never televised. Uh, so that's also quite uh, uh, fun to think about and, and relive. Uh, is it strange to go back? Right. Is it strange to go back and watch early seasons of ghost advent or ghost hunters? I'm sorry, of ghost hunters and see <laughs> yourself investigate. It's probably even weirder to go back and watch ghost adventures and not even see yourself on any of the episodes. But where uh, am I? <laughs> is, is Zach blocking me? I can't. Where am I in this one? Uh, but when you're when you're going back, is it is it bizarre to? revisit those moments and see you and uh, that wasn't the beginning of your paranormal uh career we'll just use that title for what it is but that wasn't the beginning you'd been investigating long before that but this as you said was just documented this is a, a video scrapbook that you know contains insights and and views and expressions at that moment during those times yep uh, absolutely the uh to have a uh, all of a sudden a television show that really digs in deep, uh, you know, and, and wants to document everything you do. And, and you know that a lot of people are going to see it. Um, uh, it. It was definitely a different and quite awesome experience. But uh, yeah, I was investigating long before that. Uh, Jay and I uh, connected in, in the 90s. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ghost Hunters came about 2004. 
but I want to say I, I've known Jay since 95, maybe. Uh, and then we started investigating together all the time, 97, 98. Um, it was Rhode Island Paranormal. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's been a long time. And of course, I, I had my own team, New England Paranormal, for quite some time. And uh, I think when we first chatted, uh, that team was still. And there's a, a few investigators and early ghost hunters that came from that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, super fun to think about that intertwining sort of road. And uh, you've been there since you know the very beginning of season two, 2005. Like you started talking to us and saying, guys, uh, I've been in the paranormal uh, for a long time. And this is really cool to see. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time, but an awesome time. No doubt. When you're going back and, and looking at the cases uh, that got you really drawn into the paranormal in the beginning again before the fanfare of all the tv projects and and programs that are out there were people less forthcoming with information about what was going on did they seem almost embarrassed or shy when they got to the point of calling you it was that like i gotta talk to somebody but i were they hard to get information from yeah uh yeah definitely even uh, season one of Ghost Hunters, 2004, uh, it was uh, a little difficult uh, to convince people that we would, uh, you know, do things in a non-sensationalized way because nobody wanted, in the beginning when, you know, Jay and uh, Grant and I were, were talking about the possibility of a, a TV show, uh, you know, one thing that we all said was, gosh, uh, how could we do it? We can't bring, nobody wants anybody to know their house is haunted, you know? So we, we actually, you know, we're a bit shy to do TV for a while. Uh, I remember Jay uh, saying, Hey, I don't think uh, this is right for us right now and uh, moving on from it. Uh, but then eventually we, we, you know, went for it. But um, uh, luckily now it, it's almost like your, your house uh, may be worth more if it's haunted in, in some right. cases, you know, <laughs> But uh, back then, uh, you know, in the 90s and the 80s and the late uh, uh, 90s, especially early 2000s, you were still uh, uh, the creep on the block if if your house was haunted. That was the house that people kind of, you know, uh, and even if you talked about it to people, you have to know who you're talking about because you would, you know, really, uh, you know, uh, you've Mm -hmm. been there. What are you guys talking about? Uh, ghosts, nerds, you know, right. you believe in that stuff, get out of here, you know, uh, but we're very fortunate now that uh, we can talk about it and do it and have fun with it. And uh, I think that's super cool. Again, his new book is out. Well, his first book, A Life with Ghosts. And one of our listeners throws this out to you. Steve should make an audio book. His voice is so calming. Can you make that happen for her right oh. now, Steve? Boom. Uh, yes, uh, tomorrow. Just go. <laughs> uh, it, it will be uh, uh, available on Audible, and I, I did the uh, the narration. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, awesome. I, I did one. Uh, this one. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. You mean you didn't do the Audible version of Zach's book? I'm confused oh. by all. Of- if you asked me, I would. <laughs> the oh uh, the link for Steve's book, hardcover and the audible version is on tonight's program guide. Just click the book link that we have up. It'll take you to the page and you can choose if you want soft cover, hardcover, audio book. If you'd like to Steve have Steve come over to your house and read it to you, I think all the options are there. Is, am I, maybe I'm too premature on that one. I'm not oh. sure. 
Start right now. <laughs> Introduction. <laughs> uh, you're going to be out at Michigan Paracon this coming week. You'll have copies of the book. You'll be signing, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll be at Michigan uh, Paracon this coming uh, weekend. It's the weekend of like the 25th, I think. Um, and actually tomorrow I'll be in Ridgewood, New Jersey uh, at a place called Bookends. That's going to be uh, fun. And, uh, you know, doing a, a, a signing for something like this is uh, really fun because people – uh, they're really interested in the individual stories. They can, they really want to know all of the the nitty gritty. But um, it, it's interesting to see. Uh, it's pretty cool. Good. Well, let's go back into the the beginnings of this. When you were going in, obviously um, there were some fantastic uh, investigators out there: Ed and Lorraine Warren, Dr. Hans Holzer, Dr. William Roll, just to name a few. Uh, that that were out there, Dr. Barry Taff, uh, Lloyd Auerbach, Professor Lloyd Auerbach. We and we've had a chance to work with a lot of these people at conventions and see them from time to time. Um, but their stuff, as good as it was, and featured in books, not many people knew that they could go to them to learn or that there were opportunities for them to study and become paranormal investigators themselves. This was something you took advantage of, certainly, and talked to a lot of the experts while you were out there doing this to get insights. How accessible were these names to you when you began your career doing this? That's a good question. Um, in the beginning, uh, I was very lucky uh, in the respect that uh, I was a fan of, you know, uh, for instance, the Warrens, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I would go to see them uh, speak uh, and they would have little video presentations and talk about it. It was very intimate. You know, back then the paranormal wasn't what it is now. So it's not like there wasn't 400 people, uh, you know, in, in a ballroom. There was uh, 40 people, you know, in, with three rows of chairs or something. It was very, <laughs> uh, a much more intimate experience. So you could get some a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversation and, and with the Warrens, um, I, I was went to, to speak, or excuse me, went to see them speak. And then at the end of it, uh, they were like, Hey, uh, we're going to union graveyard. Do you want to come with us? Union cemetery. And me and my buddy were like, do we want to, Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, fast forward a, a few years later, I was, was an investigator. I was probably 20 years old, you know, young fella. And, uh, uh, I didn't know where to go with this case. It was a haunted person. And uh, uh, I had become friendly enough with Ed and Lorraine that they gave me the number to their uh, research uh, society. And uh, I called them and they called me back. And that's when I, I really started talking to John Zaffis. Uh, so, you know, when I was uh, 20, I, I really uh, connected with John for a bit, not forever, but for a, a brief moment of time. And I worked with them on a, yeah, on a, a uh, case or two, two, two or three cases. It was awesome and so fun. Uh, I got a very fortunate opportunity to work uh, with Dr. William G. Roll. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. That was at the Rhine uh, Research Center and then at a, a haunted mansion nearby. And that was amazing. Uh, and, and thanks to you, uh, you know, I, I got to uh, be part of an interview with Lloyd Arbag. And that was, uh, to me, was you know, his book, ESP, and I talk about it in my book, really changed uh, my life, uh, you know, and uh, that was awesome. But, you know, if it wasn't, uh, honestly, for Jay either, Jay is the one who asked me if I wanted to go to Ryan Research Center and, and uh, uh, do a, a, a talk there. And they were looking for, mm -hmm. you know, speakers uh, on the topic of paranormal study ghosts specifically. 
And I said, yeah, man, of course. Thank you. I'd love to. And uh, I went down there and, and that's when Dr. Roll was there. And was like, maybe you know my work. I'm like, do I know? <laughs> uh, and, and he came. Yeah, it was. Uh, he came for two days in a row and, and, and sat in my my whole talk, and we connected. And then, uh, like I said, we went to uh, two nights in a row to this haunted mansion and, and investigated together. It was really cool. What can you tell us? I mean, if you don't mind dipping into a little bit about that, getting a chance to work with one of your. Um, you know, idols is always such a term that's used so loosely, but somebody that you you really looked up to in the field, and, and then to be boots on the ground next to them in an investigation at a haunted mansion, are you trying to just be quiet and watch the master do his work, or are you just, I'm going to do what I do and give me advice and tips here, Dr. Roll? Well, how did that go for you? Yeah, I, I, I was, uh, uh, you know, a, a bit nervous. I usually... Uh, very nice, but he was an astute fella in the respect, uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, that he was uh, a, a proper older gentleman, uh, and uh, you know, uh, you couldn't really be too too uh, uh, wild around him. He, he had a very right. focused attitude, uh, but he was so sweet and awesome and fun, and and really wanted to impart his knowledge uh, on other people. And I knew of his theory, uh, you know, uh, so I was really excited to to really learn from him. Uh, with all the, you know, the uh, all of his research and, and to, to telephonic sounds and, and all of that, and and uh, just really, really fascinating and groundbreaking when it comes to the the EMF work that everybody does. You know, really, he, he may have even pioneered that from the beginning. Uh, really awesome work from him. Were Were you lucky enough while investigating with him to have paranormal phenomena take place? No. Uh, no, uh, there was uh, one thing that I do remember. Uh, it sounded like something sliding uh, upstairs on like a, there was a runner up a hallway, and it sounded like something sliding on on a rug, and that's the only rug that was up there. But we couldn't tell either way, and and he was very uh, gadget, uh, you know, very um, gadget focused, and and if his gadgetry didn't pick anything up, he, he wasn't quite interested, but. Uh, we mostly focused on uh, how, how how to discern different energies in the environment and how to maybe pinpoint patterns to see if we could figure out uh, where certain ranges, excuse me, ranges and frequencies were when something did happen, as opposed to uh, you know mic- uh, microwaves or, or radiation, that sort of thing. And then you had a chance to work, as you said, for two or three cases with Ed and Lorraine Warren. How radically different was that from working with Dr. Roll? Uh, well, it was more in depth uh, in the sense that I got to see how they really uh, worked with a client. Um, I had met John Zaffis when I was 14 at, at, a, at a talk, uh, just saying hello as, as a fan of his work and the Warrens. And, and for anybody who may not know, John Zaffis is their, you know, their nephew. And uh, so, quite honestly, to uh, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, six years then seems like an eternity now. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like very long, uh, but fast forward six years, you know, and and I'm talking to John Zappis, you know, about a case, and he's taking me seriously, uh, you know, as an investigator. Uh, uh, and um, then he says, "Okay, you know, stand by the phone." Uh, two hours later, I get a call back. It's Ed, you know, Ed Warren, Steve. 
yeah, this is Ed Warren. <laughs> what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, and it, it was very much like that. But then uh, we, we talked for about an hour on the phone. Him and Lorraine were just asking questions about the case and, and why I had thought that uh, maybe my time with it was, was maybe over. Uh, and then at the end, you know, they said, hey, all right, we're going to have John call you back. And, and John called me back and we set it up. And then John was like, hey, all right, let, let's meet up. And then I, oh, I get to be a part of it, too. Like, this, uh, And it was awesome. And then to see how they really cared for, you know, the really helping, whether they got an answer, whether they thought it was a ghost or not. Uh, they were very, you know, the Warrens, they loved the not loved but they were really felt strongly about different types of poltergeist activity so mm-hmm. they thought maybe something like that was part of it because it was a haunted person and not a haunted place and that was really intriguing to them and, and then they, they they took the case over and uh, but it was really really cool and, and then you know to, to fast forward and be able to you know hug john zaffis when i see him and he calls me his you know a, a distant son and, and we talk and, and laugh and it, it's really uh, quite awesome, and I've been lucky w- with all of that. Uh, you know, even people I work closely with, like, like Jason. You know, he was someone reached out mm-hmm. to, uh, and he was like, "You live too far away." You know, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, you know, so then when when I started being able to actually work with him, I was like, "This is this is the guy." Like, uh, and he w- w- sort of imparted that uh, disproving philosophy on him and and Grant uh, onto me. You know. Um, although I did a little bit, I didn't think everything was a ghost. I did try to look, uh, but I would go to him with some things. He'd be like, let, let, let's really look a bit deeper. And then I would find out like, oh, okay, I guess the light can bounce, you know, 800 right. different ways. Uh, but maybe if he didn't impart that on me, I would be a little more accepting, you know? So uh, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, uh, very fortunate to, to have influential, uh, people, uh, that I'm, you know, working with still. We've got a question from the audience here. Uh, oh, that's not a question. That's a nice comment. Thank you, Mark. Where did it go? Here we are. Uh, Squeam Queen says, what conclusions, if any, have you arrived at about the afterlife, residual energy of those who've passed on, et cetera, or is this all still just a learning process for you? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I'd say, uh, honestly, probably both. Uh, I, I think it's still a learning process, but I think I do have some thoughts. Uh, I firmly uh, it's not a fact, obviously. I mean, it is a fact that energy can be harbored uh, through some catalyst and, and played back. Uh, I've had physicists tell me that directly. Uh, we know that it, you know you can uh, put uh, energy into a rock. You can heat up a rock and, and an hour later pick it up and it's still warm. That's transference mm-hmm. of energy. That's thermal energy. You know, so it, it is uh, possible. That we know that. Um, so that makes me believe in, in residual haunting a, a bit and, and think that what we're experiencing there is is quite legitimate. But that to me is is a little awesome uh, and a little sad. It's awesome because it's history. It's there. It's in the environment. It's so cool. But it's sad because that doesn't mean there's anything after this. That could have just been imprinted in the in- environment. Things with a conscious, though, and a thought and an intelligence, that is is intriguing. And, and we see evidence of that as well but does that mean it's a a humanly spirit that of somebody who had passed and has come back or stayed here for some reason i don't know if anybody truly knows um i'd like to know uh some people believe that it could be interdimensional and most physicists that i've talked to uh, think that that's actually quite possible Mm -hmm. um 
And uh, maybe that could explain some of these vortex situations that people claim uh, to experience. Who knows, you know, but uh, very, very interesting and fascinating to ponder. I don't think I have the answer and I'm not sure anybody certainly does. Um, but uh, I hope we get there. I do. It'd be super cool. My son, uh, Damien, wants the answer, Steve. And he knows if there's anybody he can lean on for the truth, it's you. Why are closets so haunted, Steve? Why? <laughs> How, did he did he accidentally tear a portal in there by throwing all of his toys in? He doesn't know why it happens. He might have. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of, you've seen all those movies, Monster in the Closet house the, the the all these monsters they come from the closet there's a right. movie monster in the closet right <laughs> uh so uh, there is something look at poltergeist uh mm -hmm. that crazy mouth uh, you know that, that's talk about a, a portal or a vortex oh, excuse me um you know so i don't blame your son i don't really care for closets either <laughs> it does seem weird though that like you've got hot spots all right we can maybe uh, attribute the basement to the fact that there's pipes running there's water there's electricity it's it's cooler it's underground maybe there is a more conducive environment for a haunting attics maybe again because of the wiring because of the structure that could lend itself either to natural phenomena appearing supernatural but when it comes to closets, so many people have stories of seeing things in their closets, closet store, closet doors opening and shutting on their own. And then we talk about things like vortices and, and portals. And I think that term sometimes gets thrown around a little too loosely. But if I were to believe it, every fourth person I've ever met has a, a portal in their closet which means Monster Inc. was definitely on something. Disney Pixar has been trying to tell us all along. But why do you think that it's some of these smaller confined areas that, you know, I used to make a fort in my closet. I never felt scared or freaked out by it. Um, but there are other people that are just like transfixed, adults and children alike that will not enter that area. Yeah, I, I personally probably think it has to do with uh, if the light's not in, on in, the, in a closet, you know, your, your, your eyes, they see to the wall. And then all of a sudden that closet is a, a kind of a dark void. You know, like I remember being a kid laying in bed and uh, just looking in that closet and seeing swirls and your brain starts doing things and you got to close your eyes. Um, but maybe it is some sort of vortex. Who knows? You know, uh, can a portal exist? Maybe, but uh, not to go science, but uh, most physicists, astrophysicists, if that sort of thing did exist, it would work much like a, a wormhole or, or a, a black hole. And uh, if anything, even a, a light wave or a sound wave were to go through it, it would collapse. So how could something enter through a port? You know, it may be the same. I don't know. I have a hard time with it. Um, but if you can believe that another dimension can come into this one, uh, then maybe it's just through another mechanism besides what we think of as a portal. Uh, maybe it is a portal, but just another sort of set of rules behind it that we just don't even think about. All right, Damien, I'm sorry. We still have no 
steadfast <laughs> answers to why closets were under your bed are haunted. Daddy is trying to still figure this out. Uncle Steve, no help at all. He's just uh, throwing more movies Sorry, to Daniel. you. You should never watch. But uh, we do have to take just a quick break. We'll be back. We've got more with Steve right after this. Hey, come on out. GalaxyCon Austin is just a week away, September 1st through the 3rd at the Austin Convention Center. You will see some of your favorite sci-fi and horror and action adventure stars, cartoon voices, throwback friends from the past, like the cast of Boy Meets World and me. I'll be there. I'm part of their paranormal contingent, and I would love the opportunity to see you hang out and get a chance to talk with you. I'll be doing three different panels. As a matter of fact, I believe on Friday, I'll be doing a panel with a few of the other Paranormal 60 newscasters, Greg Lawson and Chachi. That's right. I will have both on hand Saturday. I'll be talking with Greg Lawson and with Nikki Folsom, Michelle Welch about hauntings in and around Texas and answering your questions on how to deal with hauntings. And Sunday, we'll be doing another talk. I'll be joined with the Paranormal 60 News crew. We'll be sharing some of the weirdest paranormal news stories from around the world. Again, you can get information and tickets at galaxycon.com. That's galaxycon.com. Not too long after that, Phenomicon, we believe, is taking place September 6th through the 9th in Vernal, Utah. Phenomicon.net is the website to get tickets. You're not going to want to miss this, folks. Some of the leading experts on ufology, cryptozoology, paranormal, we're all going to be there on site together under one umbrella talking about high strangeness, and we'd love for you to join us for you in the Great Lakes area. The Great Lakes Paranormal Conference is September 22nd through the 24th. Let me try that again. Words is hard, folks. At the old Glen Beulah School in Glen Beulah, Wisconsin, Jason Hawes will be there. Adam Berry is going to be there. Sarah Lemos will be on hand. This kid named Shane Pitt Pittman, I don't recognize him. Maybe he's from one of those paranormal TV shows. Oh, that's right. Holzer Files in 28 Days Haunted. We also have Sherry D. Benedetti, Lyle Blackburn, Jeff Belanger, Richard Estep, uh, Tobias Whalen, Chad Lewis, Barnaby Jones, Mike Huberty, and the list continues. And I will be on hand. Tickets for all of these amazing events. And more can be found at darknessevents.com. And for Halloween weekend, join me at the Haunted Shanley Hotel in Napanock, New York. I would love to see you there along with Scotty the Medium. It is a weekend of talks and paranormal investigating my first trip to the Shanley. I'm looking forward to being there. I hope you will join us. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. All right, we are back. Joining me again on the program, the author of this book, this book right here. And in case you're not watching, you're listening, it's A Life with Ghosts. Steve Gonzalez is with us, and uh, you recognize him from Ghost Hunters, from Ghost Nation, from Ghost Hunters Academy, and back where he belongs, Ghost Hunters, which can now be seen on Discovery and on the Max streaming service uh, Steve, I, I want to talk a little bit about your documentaries here in the next segment as well, but, uh, as we're kind of rounding out and dealing with the book, share one of your favorite paranormal stories, if you would, that you put in the book, maybe even one that nobody's familiar with yet. Wow. That, Dave, that's a great question. Uh, well, I come up with them on occasion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, actually something is in the book that, that happened, uh, we, we go into some other things, like some emotional things that have happened that uh, people don't quite know or, or don't understand that happens because it's caught uh, off camera. You know, they don't often show uh, the, the emotion that, that some of us, you know, feel and, and go through. But uh, when it comes to scary and like the stories of paranormal, uh, there is a place in the Berkshires called Buckstep Manor. Uh, and we did investigate it. Uh, the TAPS team did once, but uh, Tango and I actually went there alone one time and uh, we experienced some phenomena that uh, I don't know how to explain. And it had to do with uh, voices coming out of the thin air as loud as you could imagine, right in our faces, 360, and uh, pots and pans clanking and uh, ladles falling and, and uh, just a really intense thing that uh, you know, we're super lucky in the, in the respect that uh, me, Tango, Jason, you know, the, the paranormal doesn't scare us in, in that way. Uh, mm -hmm. But this, I mean, it honestly did. Tango and I kind of huddled <laughs> onto each other and ran <laughs> through that place. And that's the honest truth. Like, I remember Tango just looking back at me and going, go! <laughs> and I had my head in his... Uh, and buried into his shoulder. And uh, Dave, I tell you, it was absolutely, it really was really, really crazy. And, and to the, the point, it, it sounds like something I, from a horror movie that you're, you're describing. What, what's it like to actually be in that moment and know this isn't special effects. This isn't uh, drug or alcohol induced. You're not just hearing somebody tell you a crazy story. You're now in that crazy story. Dave, I don't know how to explain it. Tell you what I, we always have to even like, uh, check ourselves, like sit down and talk about it and relive it and make sure that we're not like exaggerating it over time. And it, it was exactly that. It, it was so loud in there that we couldn't hear each other talking. We literally had to be like, go this way, 
go through here like what's happening you know it was wow it was really uh, crazy and as much as i wish it was televised as much as i wish even we had a way to record it uh, uh there's something special about it where it was just you know uh, two friends having this experience of a lifetime and it's something that he and i can really just share but uh, you know, I go into full depth in, you know, that is in, in the book. Uh, and uh, that to me is, is oh, obviously you asked me to say but uh, <laughs> uh, to me, that is one that uh, nobody knows, honestly. Uh, we don't really talk about it because we always say like, nobody would ever believe it, uh, you know, but it, it happened. It happened to us. It was, it was awesome. Got a question here from the crowd. They say, wonder how many times ghosts have followed Steve home. That comes from Kathy. What about that? I know that's the number one question I get. Are you afraid that something's going to attach you? Have you ever had something follow you home? What do you say? I haven't. Um, no, not that I know of. I'm not sure we are really familiar with uh, what their interpretation of time and space is. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, say I've, I've acquired... Uh, a haunted item, you know, like any one of these, uh, there are a few uh, behind me and, uh, you know, I've had it for 10 years. Well, nothing's happened, but maybe their interpretation, it's just a few seconds. Who knows? It may be nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It may not be linear as we experience it here uh, in, our, in this, we'll, we'll just call it the physical world that we see. Uh, I don't really know, but if it is, then uh, I've never uh, had anything follow me home? No, and I have a lot of things that, uh, you know, I have skulls right next to me, skeletons behind me. I have all kinds of things that uh, haunted swords and you know, uh, and never anything. But I'm glad uh, because I, I wouldn't want. Quite honestly, I wouldn't want anything here. Uh, it right. sounds like it would be fun and awesome, but uh, people who are going through a, a haunting, especially one that lasts for a long time it's hard for them to really maintain uh, uh, relationships and friendships and uh, hard to maintain a job and they really mm -hmm. struggle. And it sounds silly to, you know, uh, say it's like poltergeist, but if you think about it in the beginning, uh, the dad, he's, he's with his friends, they're watching the game, they're having fun. They're, you know, he's selling real estate. He's at the top of his game. Uh, his having fun with his family, his kids love him. Uh, at the end of the movie, even by the middle of the movie, uh, he hasn't shaved. He's in a house coat. Uh, he doesn't work in the real estate anymore. That's over with. And at the end of the house, you know, at the end of the movie, his his house implodes. It's like you know, it's not always fun. It, 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 as a matter of fact, most people who live in a real haunted house have a, have a real hard time with it. Uh, some people do love it though. I know a few people who are like, we're fine with it. See, see, honey, it's just because the house is haunted. That's why I'm not shaving and not wearing pants. It's because <laughs> the house is haunted. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Now I have a good answer to give her. Nikki Flores says, Steve, did you have a hard time narrowing down what stories you would put in the book? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there were a few things that stuck out to me. Uh, one was that if uh, there was an experience during it that I felt like I was uh, using it in my own life, like ways of thinking, mm -hmm. especially through the history, you know, like uh, don't do that because it didn't work out for her, you know, <laughs> or, or do that because it did work out for him. Cause we, through the history, just what we're investigating, uh, there, 
you know, are a lot of trials and tribulations that other people have gone through that we can certainly learn from. Um, and also other things like, you know, things where have where the, it has worked out for people and, and just ways that people have carried themselves. But uh, that was, uh, of course, uh, a, a true, real, awesome I experience in terms of uh, the paranormal. Uh, a place that uh, I thought had uh, that that struck me emotionally uh, made it into the book. For instance, Alexandria Zoo, where that haunting has to do with love and devotion and, and caring, and, and not necessarily, uh, you know, something disastrous or grisly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there are some stories like that in there as well. Um, and then there are places that were just obvious, you know, like uh, a lot of things happened to me in, at Waverly Hills. That's going in there. But it's not a haunted location book by any means. Right. Uh, I just like to put it at the place because that's where the experience happened uh, to me. Uh, and I did want to uh, showcase the history uh, no, most people do know the history of a lot of these places, but I wanted to really focus on uh, the people and the stories and, and really honor the fact that uh, we're getting these ghosts and we're running for them and we're trying to find them. But uh, these were uh, people, you know, that had loves and lives and, and losses and have gone through tragedy and, and have done a lot of things. And, and uh, you know, we, we need to remember that. And uh, there is a, a little Great. bit of, of that in there. Uh, as well. So if all of those things sort of lined up, uh, then it went into the book. Did you get done with the book, turn it in and then go, oh, that story. I, why didn't I put in that story? Do you, do you have enough for book number two already, Steve? You could tell us. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> not that there's plans to, but we could do volumes, quite honestly, because those things, the, the emotional stuff is not as plentiful as, as some of the others. You know, it's not always that you're able to connect a, a lost loved one to somebody. It's not always that, uh, you know, somebody affects you in such a deep way that you, you, you sit around at night and think about them, that sort of thing. Um, uh, but everything else, yeah, plenty. <laughs> you know, before I go to the next question, you say that it cracks me up. I was, I was doing an investigation once we were in this private home and the woman had left the home. The older woman knew people were renting the home out. They were having a lot of activity. They kept seeing a, an old man that would be in one room and then in the other and then gone. And I went in, <laughs> we were doing an EVP and we had a, a medium with us and I was doing an EVP session. And I'm like, you know, I can't remember his name. Let's call him Roger. I'm like, Roger, your wife, she's, she's left the house. Is, is there a message you want us to pass on to her? And the EVP came back and said, oh, hell no. So he was done. He wanted nothing to do with her, it appeared. He was just going to stay. He was glad she was finally out of the house and he had the run of the joint to himself again. So it is funny that not all ghost stories end up with, tell her where the keys to the safety deposit box or the map to the hidden treasure or tell her I'll love her. Is there a message? No, no. Don't even no. tell her you saw me. <laughs> Aaron, Higgins. A long time. <laughs> Aaron Higgins says, I love how you bring the history info into the cases. And Steve, do you have a favorite piece of equipment that you use? Uh, thank you. Yes, history is is awesome and, and super fascinating and fun and uh, very enriching, I, I think. When I learn about history, it, it really uh, makes me feel a, a lot better about the cases and everything. I love it. Uh, favorite piece of equipment? I, I, I always go to 
like infrared camera or thermal. Uh, to me, that's really valuable uh, for a lot of reasons. One, you can record everything that you can see in the visible spectrum, which is awesome. Now you add IR, you can record everything you can see in the visible spectrum and the infrared spectrum. Uh, you add full spectrum, which I don't mean to say it's none of them are really full as, as you know, but but as right. many as they can get there, um, then you you know you could see now in all these other spectrums as well, uh, and then you can also have the, the possibility of uh, catching EVPs because you're recording audio or uh, you know disembodied sounds, uh, uh, and I like that. And it doesn't have to always be at night, as we all know. We investigate during the day. All of us have, and all of us do. Um, so the IR is a little tricky, uh, but you can use it in uh, mm -hmm. in the, the daytime. But you, you really have to, you know, dial that in quite especially uh, uh, because you get that bloom effect uh, where it just blows out everything because too much light is camera, coming in. Right. It can ruin your camera absolutely and your eyes quite obviously. That, uh, but uh, yeah, I like like that. Uh, I think. All right, Amy Wise Nichols helps us step into the next phase of this interview. She says, the house in between was awesome. Can we expect more like it in the future? So maybe there are people that are not familiar with the house in between, which is a film by Steve. As a matter of fact, he uh, is in the series, but he also directs and is involved on it uh, in, in more of a production and, and directorial debut. And uh, Steve, do you mind if we show the, the trailer for the house in between? Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah, please. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Okay. Do you believe in ghosts? Believe in what? It's not an old house. It's built in the 1990s. You would never think there was anything really going on inside the house. I remember coming home from work, deadbolt in the door and going upstairs. And as soon as I got upstairs, you know, we heard bang. I looked out and the door was open, but it had the deadbolt still sticking out. There's a lot of things that happen in this house that we can't explain. There's something there that lets you know it's there. It's wild just being there. It has this aura about it, a mystery. We have a DVR system that is filming the house 24 hours a day. They can go from zero to 60 in this house quick. It can be just quiet, everything's fine, and then cold. It's been 10 years and she hasn't slept in the house. I could just tell how much this house scared her. We need to get her back. It's time to, to step in and bring it to the next level. Interesting. This I don't, I'm not sure. It's kind of a complicated question to, to be answered simply. Without it being a complete hoax, how would you explain something like this?
something's happening that I can't explain. Supernatural, natural, that's what we're trying to figure out. I'm 100% certain that it was the spirit of somebody in this house. There's no thinking to it, it was for sure. Give us some kind of physical sign that you're in the house and you can hear our voice. This is the evidence that we've been waiting to get. It's a real life mystery and it's it's incredible. In the sun, it just gets hot with knots. You're looking at something else. We're going to talk more about the documentary and its follow-up, The House in Between 2. We'll do that right after this. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com. With many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit, along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm, which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers. Expertly curated and award-winning book collections from top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. MySoulTopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoulTopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A.com. Haunted Magazine, issue 38, Hot Summer Frights is an electrifying edition that will send shivers down your spine. Dive into a world where history and mystery, the normal and the paranormal, intertwine. In the latest edition, we look at the Hell House hauntings, the terror of the Warminster thing, the Borley Rectory, Sin Eating in Shropshire, and just what the heck is the Grampus? You can find our magazine at the website hauntedmagazineprintshop.com and selected outlets in the UK, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So grab your copy today. And remember, kids, don't be normal. Be paranormal. 
All right, we are back. Real quickly, my friends, I've just got a disturbing uh, message. A good friend of ours in the paranormal, Scott Grunewald, is in the hospital in Temecula Valley uh, needing prayers. He has an artery blockage that connects the blood flow and oxygen to the brain. He'll be needing a surgery tomorrow, emergency surgery, to to prevent a massive stroke. This is very serious, so if you could please keep our good friend Scott Grunewald in your prayers and uh, send him positive energy, healing, Reiki, whatever you've got, Scott Grunewald in California. All right. Sorry to interrupt with that, Steve. I just, we try to make sure that we pass on information for those brothers and sisters in the paranormal field uh, that we've worked with. Um, You've got, uh, you've had a lot of experience, of course, in front of the camera with ghost hunters and ghost hunters Academy and, and uh, ghost nation you decided to take a case that was very important. What, 10 years of, of research and uh, activity in this house, and you decided to bring it forward in a, in a film called The House in Between. For people that are not familiar with this and the sequel, which is out now, The House in Between Part 2, what can you tell us about this case? It, it was that, a 10-year a uh, study. Uh, what happened is... Uh, uh, a, a woman named Alice Jackson um, built her dream house in Mississippi and uh, couldn't live in it. Saw things that terrified her. Other people saw things in there that terrified them. She refused to sleep in the house and opened it up to investigators. And for 10 years, uh, they studied in that house. And um, <clears throat> I'd never seen that before where uh, there was a, a not controlled. There is no such thing as a controlled environment when you're right. dealing. Uh, you, you know, uh, you can't be in a house. Uh, you know, and, and consider that. But uh, a controlled environment in the respect that uh, it was not lived in and just uh, monitored uh, 24 hours a day by a paranormal team for 10 years. Uh, wow. uh, Brad and John and, and the gang over there uh, were going in. All the time, they had 24-hour surveillance there investigating it, and they felt like over time that the house was sort of maybe even learning how to communicate back. And all that I thought was so fascinating. And uh, Wait, as though the house was becoming a sentient being of its own? Not necessarily that. I don't think anybody there thought the house was coming alive. I, I think they got the feeling that whatever was there was learning how to use the house as a way to communicate. Uh, for okay. instance, All right. uh, maybe it realized it can do certain things and, and, you know, and over time they would not coach it, but say, Hey, uh, maybe and focus on one thing. And then they would see it eventually start to happen. Uh, and I hadn't heard of, of that sort of, uh, and I thought all that was fascinating. But one thing I, I liked uh, is that, Alice was just wanted answers. She didn't care how it came. Uh, and she was doing things on her own, like uh, calling uh, you know, people to come and, and check the level in her house because things were moving and sliding around. She would uh, try to talk to scientists and, and get real answers. They would just hang up on her, of course. Um, but yeah, that, that's why I decided to. And, and the way I, uh, the town was perceiving her, you know, uh, here we are in this day and age, and she was still sort of, you know, everybody loved her and you could tell. Um, but I think there was some chatter probably, you know, Hey, right. uh, she thinks her house is haunted, you know, and I think it bothered her a little bit and you could see that in the documentary. 
And one thing I love about it is, is in, in, and she'll say this, you know, she went from uh, maybe hearing whispers behind her back to people stopping her in the town and like wanting to take pictures with her. And like, now she's kind of like, you know, uh, and uh, local yeah, celebrity. People. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, for uh, you know, good or bad, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So we were able to line up some physicists and different scientists and, and other investigators and, and uh, even um, uh, a psychic. We had go into the house and yeah, we got some answers there. It was quite an experience. Uh, Kendall Welton, who was uh, the director of photography and, and co-director, uh, and uh, man, did we have a blast! Uh, working on that together and watching the trailers is astounding there is a lot of activity that you were able to capture document and share throughout this documentary it's surprising though right because this is a relatively new house and is there and were you able to uncover without giving too much away why you believe it might be haunted or is that still kind of the jury's out on as to why but the question is more how is it haunted and what do we do to deal with it yeah, uh, it, it, great question, Dave. Uh, in part one, it, by the end of it, we, we did have a good sense, maybe, um, but nothing really conclusive. Uh, quite honestly, by the end of part one, uh, although an amazing documentary and a, you know really a heartfelt and, and everybody really latched onto it, luckily. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not like by the end of it, she was back in the house and, and we got, you know, everything was solved. Uh, she's still, there's no way, you know. Um, so I knew, uh, you know, my, my job wasn't done there. And, and whether or not at this point, uh, whether or not we were going to do another documentary, um, I was still going to investigate the house and, and continue to work with the team to help. Uh, but uh, the first one, we're, we're very lucky that the first one did quite well and, and uh, the opportunity to do a second one was there. So we were able to get a geophysicist and, and really uh you know spend time there and, and quite honestly the geophysicist still goes to the house on her own uh, and, and they've become yeah. friends she still continues her research there uh it's really really cool steve what do you think of the fact that we're also trained especially by hollywood and the writings of charles dickens and so many other horror movie and, and horror authors that the hauntings are these pieces of our past that refuse to stay silent. What do you think about the fact that maybe the hauntings are yet to come, that what we're seeing are reflections of something traumatic in time that play out 20 years from now, and the ripple is just hitting our time era now? Oh, Dave Schrader, my gosh. Uh, that is about as deep of a question as uh, you can... Uh, that... Uh, it seems so fascinating. I'm not sure in my personal research that I've seen uh, any sort of pattern that would suggest that. But I mean, if time isn't linear, uh, then how could that not be possible? You know, uh, or uh, if we do believe that, uh, and if time isn't linear, uh, then uh, maybe there you can, you know, maybe move that timeline in the future can be now or before that that's really quite uh well it's uh, <laughs> quantum entanglement right it's it's that spooky action at a yeah. distance maybe not necessarily distance being you know uh, boston to minnesota but distance being 
2023 to 2067 and there's something impacting i mean it seems that something is left behind uh, so I often wonder then, why does it have to be left behind from our past or even our present? I think a lot of things we're haunting ourselves in some instances, the sounds we may hear may be us being replayed. Um, and until you remove that that pawn from the board and say, well, dad's dead now, when we hear that, it must be a ghost. How did that residual know to tune in at that moment and begin to play out? I, that's why I believe it's probably always been there, but we you know, oh, it's the dog's cat, it's dad, it's mom, it's Steve. We always have an excuse for it until one of those cogs of the wheel are now missing. But, and and I get where you're going with the fact that a lot of the stuff and the research we do is in investigating the past, trying to put a name to the spirits, a name to the history to understand so that we can, almost like a demonologist calling out the name of the demon to help you extract it and understand it better. Uh, and not that I want to equate a haunting to, to the demonic, but it's something I'm trying to just give people that have watched those kind of movies and shows maybe a little bit of a better grasp on. Uh, it is interesting that there are reflections. Waverly Hills, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, we would hear these stories of Waverly when it was a fully functioning hospital, it was known to be haunted, but that's because possibly tens of thousands of people died there with tuberculosis and as an elderly care home. And there were cases of, or stories of nurses that were on staff that would round the corner and see people standing there and she would run. And while we were there on one of our first investigations, this female apparition appeared in front of us and took off running like she was scared senseless. And I thought in that moment, who's haunting who? Did she just uh -huh. step into that nexus where 2008 bled through to 1958 and she saw us, we saw her, neither of us are dead, but it's a time slip moment as opposed to dealing with dead people. Yes. I mean, I can certainly make sense of that in the respect mm -hmm. that it makes sense um but if the science makes sense i don't know uh, but i feel like if you can believe like you said quantum entanglement if you can believe that energy uh, never had an origin and will never uh, die um then maybe it is all connected and not in a linear fashion. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody can say certainly yes or no to that. Uh, I think it's fascinating and I would love to <laughs> sit around and talk about it for days. It's really a cool thought, uh, quite honestly. And it's interesting too, that so many hauntings will happen where there are opposing mirrors, which right is the prismatic sense of light and, and the sense of visual, somehow compressed into these moments that will always be captured like insta photos you know it's i love the stuff i love that you guys helped engage the world with ghost hunters coming out there were shows that predated you of course and and none did it as well as ghost hunters when it came out and it it locked the imagination of millions of viewers around the world it continues to do so um steve you are truly one of and i say this to everybody i meet you are truly one of the nicest guys in the field one of the most genuine passionate paranormal investigators uh and and i hope everybody will get your book a life with ghosts and do me a favor folks don't just buy the book rate and review it 
because the more you rate and review books like this on, on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or wherever you buy it, the higher it goes up so that more and more people see this. And more books like this should be in the hands of people that are budding paranormal investigators and seasoned veterans so that they get a better handle and understanding on what they think they see on TV and to get to know the players behind the characters that you see on these shows because uh, the book is fantastic and it does certainly open up uh, open you up, I think, Steve, to a totally different way of of looking at the guy that we see who's this affable, intelligent, fun investigator who has compassion for the spirit realm and the humans that dwell there. So thanks for the work that you continue to do. And please pass our, our best on to the team. I will. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always, always a blast been. to talk to you. I uh, can't wait to see you, and uh, thank you so much. We'll see you together in Michigan at the Michigan Paracon. You guys can find more information at miparacon.com. Well, my friends, as I always say, I hope that the darkness is just a little bit more light with the information that we share on these shows, that we're able to inspire you to question things, to investigate things on your own. And there are good people out there in this field, and there are leaders in this field that should be, and I'm glad to say are finally being heard from on their own merits, not just as tied to a team, but for the the thoughts that they bring to programs and projects like this. So please make sure to pick up a copy of that book. And uh, I will be back Wednesday. Chachi and I will be delivering the news as we often do. Uh, It'll be just the two of us. And we may dip more into creepy things kids say. So I hope you'll check that out as well. Live Wednesday, right here. And for those of you listening to the audio, you'll get it Thursday. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Rate and review this show. And for those of you watching live, hit that like button before you leave and treat yourself. Hit the bell and make sure that you alert yourself to every brand new episode that comes out of the very best in Paranormal Talk Radio. I'm Dave Schrader. Welcome to my realm. This is my Paranormal 60. is clean.